You're listening to Band Geek with Richie Castellano on the Riotcast Network. Welcome to Band Geek. I'm Richie Castellano, and I'm flying solo today. This is going to be like a combination of a recap of what's been going on and a clips episode. And it's going to be cool because there's going to be a lot of music, and I know a lot of the Band Geek fans like music. So what's been going on? Well, um, we had a very special couple of weeks because uh, my wife, Anne-Marie, just turned 30, the big 3-0, and I know I'm not supposed to say that. It's not polite to say that about a lady, but she's publicized it on uh, social media, so that's okay. So I guess I'm justified. And um, because it was the big one, uh, we had quite a few things planned. And the first thing we had planned, we did like we did sort of like two parties, and the first thing we did was a jazz jam sort of like an Anne-Marie and Friends concert. Uh, not a concert, like a gig. Um, if you're ever in Brooklyn and you want a great place to eat, you got to check out Andy Ascalise's brother's restaurant, and Brandy actually manages the restaurant. It's called Hope and Anchor in Red Hook, and it's awesome. I've never had a bad thing on the menu there. It's really cool. Uh, and the reason I'm mentioning this is not just for a plug. It's because that's where we actually had Anne-Marie's you know, gig jazz gig and what we did was we invited a bunch of different musicians that you know Amory likes to play with and invited them down and just played some songs and I sort of cherry picked my favorites uh, from that set and that they actually did two sets and um, I was just going to like you know maybe bring a camera but then I decided like you know what let's do this the right way so I actually multi-tracked it and had a three-camera shoot. So there will be video for this eventually. Um, I just finished the audio in time to have it ready for a podcast this week. So um, video to come, and I'm probably wondering, maybe I'll do a few, maybe I'll do like one or two full songs and on, on the podcast today, and I'll just play clips for the rest of them, just so you know you get a taste of it, because I... I want people to see the video because it's you know it's it's always cooler when you get to see the musicians playing along with you know what you're hearing. Uh, but so for the uh, the, the super duper tech nerds, let me tell you how I recorded this because I thought it was kind of clever. Um, I didn't want to bring a computer because I had to mainly worry about video, and I was running the camera. I had two GoPros set up, and I had a, a DSLR that I was shooting video on, and. If anyone has ever tried to shoot video on a DSLR, you'll know that you have to you you can't just like leave it and go. You have to man it the whole time. You have to you know keep watching the light and the focus, and um, the clips on a DSLR will only do a maximum of ten minutes. So with ten minute clips, you can't just you know leave the camera running and then go play or go do something else. So I needed something really simple for the recording, and what I ended up using was my Zoom H6. Now, some of you may be familiar with the Zoom H6, 
what it is, it's a portable recording device, and it comes with, um, when you get it from the factory, it comes with a little stereo microphone attached to it. That sounds wonderful all by itself, and if you just want to use it for a stereo recorder, it's great. But it also has swappable heads. And aside from the swappable, um, when I say swappable heads, that means you can change the type of microphone. So the microphone it comes with is a stereo, you know, XY microphone, and you can, you know, take that off and replace it with, for example, with a shotgun microphone that's better for, you know, video applications. But the coolest thing, in my opinion, about the Zoom is that it gives you four extra inputs. And instead of swapping that head with a microphone, you can also swap it with two more inputs. So I have that attachment, so that gives my Zoom six inputs. Now, for the non-recording geeks, let me break down what that means. That means I can record six separate things directly. Um, now, sure, it would have been easier for me to just throw a microphone up, but you know, putting a mic in the room sounds good, but when you can isolate things and really mix and get, get the individual instruments recorded on their own track, meaning you know they're isolated, and I can go back, I can mix things, I can EQ them, I can make them sound nicer, I can I could, you know, bring certain things out, I can pan them, I could add effects. It's it gives me so many more options and so much more freedom to make it sound good and better. So that's what I was able to do. And um, so I'll tell you what the setup is because I find it fascinating. Um, on the drums, I had an Audio-Technica 4040, which is the same mic we use here in the studio for BandGeek. Um, that's the microphone that Jarrett usually speaks into. And I use that, and I just put one over the drums, uh, sort of over the ride but pointing away from it uh, at the hi-hat because I find when you're doing a miking like this, especially with uh, jazz recording, the ride is so... It's such a big part of what they do, the, the drummers, and it's so loud that you kind of have to reject it. So I was I was purposely uh, pointing away from the ride because I didn't want it to you know, blow out the whole recording. And it ended up working out really nicely. On the bass, um, the bass player on all these... So actually, I should also talk about who's playing what. The drummer for this entire jazz gig was Gerald Kavanaugh, who is an awesome drummer, one of the best jazz drummers I've ever seen. Actually, one of the best drummers. I mean, his timing is rock solid. He's so creative. It was really cool. And I guess this is his first time on the podcast, and he doesn't even know it. So I'll have to, I'll have to send this to him and show him, hey, you're on my podcast. Um, so on the bass, we have Andy's father, Steve Ascalise. So that's a treat. Steve's never been on the show either. So um, he was using, he had his upright you know, acoustic bass, but he had a pickup on it. And was going to an amplifier, so I took a DI out of he, he had like a direct output from his amplifier, so that went directly into the Zoom on its own track. Um, that didn't really give me the acoustic bass sound. It was more, it more, it really sounded like an upright bass going through an Ampeg SVT amp. Like it sort of sounded like an old Fender bass through a you know a, a real amp, but with a little creative EQing and some you know drastic cutting. Like I cut out a lot of top end on that and really squashed the hell out of it, I kind of got that thumpy, um, you know, upright bass thing happening, and I was very happy with that. Uh, on keyboards for the entire night is Andy, and we just DI'd his keyboard, you know, one half, to the, one, one end going to the PA system, and the other end going to the, the Zoom recorder. Uh, we have a, on guitar, 
we have three different guitar players you're going to hear today. For most of the night, and who was acting as sort of the musical director, is um, Casey Hewler, who's been on the show before on the Jazz Geek episode. And um, he had a PV Classic 30, I believe that's what he had, and I had one mic on that, just wasn't even going to the PA, just going right to the Zoom, and what a really great sound, and he had his Ibanez a hollow body guitar, the jazz box guitar, and he played great. Uh, but then we have uh, another guest. Um, well, I, I sat in for one song. I uh, just wanted to play one because I think I can only remember one jazz s- song at a time. So that was good for me. And we also had later on Joe Maniscalco come up, who was another phenomenal guitar player. So there was no shortage of guitar players. And um, you're also going to hear a sax, and that is Ray Scro, who was my high school music teacher and my buddy Damien's uncle. Damien's been on the podcast before. Um, Ray's playing baritone sax here, so if you hear those low notes, that's why. That's the big one, guys. And that was going, you know, right into a um, Audio-Technica dynamic mic directly into the Zoom recorder, not going to the PA. So that was just for the sake of recording. Oh, another little uh, fun tidbit of trivia. Anytime you hear a saxophone on my Tiger's Fang movies, it's this guy, Ray Scro. So that's kind of cool. And um, Anne-Marie, um, she used her like old school crooner mic and you know went to the PA and then I took a send from the PA and ran that into the recorder. So there's the, um, there's the recording setup. And uh, let me play something. What's the first song I want to play? Okay, so this first song is called Taking a Chance on Love. And this is with the core band, uh, mainly the rhythm section. Uh, so you're going to hear Casey Hewler playing a solo on this one, a really good one. So... Um, let me use my jazz voice. So right now, coming up, we have the Anne-Marie Castellano Band from the album Anne-Marie and Friends doing their rendition of Taking a Chance on Love. Here we go. Here I go again I hear those trumpets blow again All aglow again Taking a chance on love Here I slide again about to take that ride again Starry-eyed again Taking a chance on love I thought the cards were a frame up I never would try But now you're taking the game up And the ace of hearts is high Things are mending now I see a rainbow blending now We'll have a happy
So, again, that was Gerald Cavanaugh on drums, Andy's dad, Steve Escalise on bass, Andy Escalise on piano, Casey Hewler on guitar, and Anne-Marie on vocals. And that was a nice little band and sounded really good. And I think the Zoom worked out. What do you guys think? Well, you can't answer me, but you can tell me in the comments later. Um, as you guys noticed, I've been doing quite a bit, or maybe you haven't noticed. Maybe you don't follow me on social media. But um, I have been getting a few emails asking me this, and... Um, People want to know, when am I going to do more live stuff? And um, the answer to that is I do it, you know, sporadically. I I do it randomly. But maybe I should make more of an effort to do it, you know, like ahead of time and, and schedule it. But I know a few of you have noticed that on Facebook, I uh, will broadcast live. I'll do Facebook live a lot. And I've been doing it before gigs and backstage. And, and I know... Uh, Kasim Sultan, when we're backstage, will hijack my phone several times. So you might have noticed that. So for me, I try to stay active on all the social, the social media stuff. But the best way to um, the best way to find out what's going on is de- definitely to follow me on Facebook. And I think I'm at capacity with with um, Facebook friends, but you can still, I believe, follow my Facebook account, which is just Richie Castellano, and and I usually put everything on there. Uh, I'm trying to get better at Instagram and Twitter, but you know, I'm not in my 20s, so it's 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 sort of a struggle. But Facebook, I like, and I'm on there a lot. So yeah, and I did one. I did one. Was it last night? Yeah, I did one last night with my dad. No, it was not last night. It was, it was two nights ago. I did that with my dad because um, you might know from reading my Facebook posts or my YouTube channel that I'm really into the Line Six Helix now. It's like the new thing that. 
my new toy that I'm obsessed with and I'm trying to learn all these different things about it. So I've been doing a lot of videos on that. And um, a lot of my guitar player friends, especially even the ones who are sort of um, anti-digital and really like to live in the tube and analog realm, they're sort of intrigued by the Helix because it, it's pretty straightforward and easy to use. And it also sounds good and has pretty much everything you could possibly need. So that's something I've been doing a lot of broadcasts on. And even the other day when I was backstage uh, in, where were we? Atlanta, I did a little pre-show Helix thing. Because uh, I, you know, when I'm bored on a gig, what I'll do is um, if we have, if I'm sitting backstage with nothing to do and there's a couple hours to kill, I'll have the techs bring the Helix back and I'll plug headphones into it or this little like um, powered speaker I have with me. I have this little ultimate ear speaker and I can pl I plug the Helix right into that and it sounds great. So I'll, you know, read forums or read the manual and try out new setups. So if you're interested in that and interested in what I'm doing, you want to go to my YouTube page, which is actually different from the BandGeek one. Mine is youtube.com slash Richie Castellano. And that's for all my, you know, gear stuff my um and my nerd stuff yeah you might another thing you might see on that is a lot of lightsaber stuff and i know band geek fans know i'm obsessed with lightsabers um so if you're not if you don't care about that just ignore that stuff and check out the helix it's cool especially guitar players or bass players or anybody who's into you know tech it's a very cool device and actually line six i gotta thank them they just sent me a new uh, Variax to go with that, and I'm looking forward to trying that out. The Variax is the guitar I play on the podcast from time to time when I have to do things like go from acoustic to electric to a banjo or other things. Like It's a very powerful tool, and I'm just really getting deeper and deeper into this digital stuff um, because it really suits what I do. You know, It suits what I do for playing in a band that does mostly fly-out dates, and when you do fly-out dates, you can't have your your whole huge, you know, amplifier rig and your massive pedal board, you have to really condense everything. And the Helix is great for that. And for BandGeek, it's it's awesome too because we have to do everything with headphones. So, you know, we can't have loud amps in the room. Everything has to go direct. So it's really a great device for me. And don't get me wrong, this is something I find myself saying a lot of, is that, you know, um, it's not a replacement like I still have my tube amps that I love and I play and I turn up and it feels great and sounds great, but it's a tool that can do things that those setups can't do. So, you know, no one's, this is not a pissing contest. No one's saying one thing is better than the other thing. It's, it's a tool. They do different things. They're, they're both great and they're both useful. Well, I've gone off on a tangent, but I guess that's good. Um, so yeah, I'm doing more live stuff, more Facebook live, more, um, you know, YouTube Live. Actually, I'll play something right now. This was this isn't good, but I'm going to play it. So the second part of Anne-Marie's birthday was a house party we had. And we have a small house. And um, we had a lot of people in a small house. Um, but what we like to do, it's sort of like a Castellano thing. My, my family does this all the time. Whenever we have a party, we always have gear set up in case people want to play and since the majority of my friends are musicians someone is always bound to play so um because we had we had this party on monday night on halloween and because it was a, it was a monday night i didn't want to like 
turn everything up and go crazy. So I sort of I kept the electronic drums going. I did the guitar direct through the pot. Everything was direct and, and very quiet. Um, but I also did something sort of cool. I started this. I went on Facebook Live first with like a live video from the party, you know, showing everybody what was going on. And then I said, okay, guys, if you're seeing this, we might be jamming later on the Band Geek YouTube channel. And we did. Um, so I'm going to play you something from that. I'll play you. Um, okay, this was fun. We did, a, we did uh, I Want to Dance with Somebody by Whitney Houston. Now, I have to preface this with a, with, a, with a few things. First of all, this is not mixed and it can't be mixed because what I did was I just plugged everything into my audio interface, didn't get levels, and streamed it right from that. So this is a stereo file I have. I don't have the ability to mix this. It sounds messy. It sounds dirty, but it's cool. It, 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 I think it came out pretty good. And especially considering that we never played this song, we did not rehearse this song, we just launched into it, which I thought was pretty fun. And that's how these sort of things go, especially with, you know, party jams when some people are a little drunk. Um, I may or may not have been. Uh, that can't be confirmed. But um, <laughs> the, these things are fun and, you know, you don't you don't rehearse, you just go in and you do it and... Sounds a little rough because it's like I said, it's unmixed. You, you might want to hear more of this or less of that, and some stuff might sound muddy. But this is just a two-track direct, what they call a board mix, um, that is from the YouTube feed. I don't know if I'm going to put the video back up. It was sort of I sort of like it being like a one-time, like if you caught it, like sort of special thing. But um, here's a little clip of that. And oh, let me tell you who's playing what. On drums we have Joey Martin. On and he's you know. All the people have been on this, the show before. So Joey Martin on drums. On bass is my cousin Phil Castellano. I'm playing guitar. Vin Innocente is playing keyboard. And Anne-Marie is singing. And some of us were in costumes. Let me tell you what the costumes were. Um, Joey didn't have a costume because he's lame. Um, Vin was dressed like Rick Astley. And he kept Rick rolling the party and and jumping into never going to give you up. I have a video of that on my Facebook page that you have to check out. Is he like dyed his hair red? He dressed just like that video. It was very bizarre and wonderful. Um, Phil had a legitimate Marty McFly from the future costume that looked awesome, like with the you know with the the uh, multicolored hat and the glowing shoes. Very cool. I wore my uh, customary Jedi robe. I think we're going on uh, what. 17 years of being a Jedi. Uh, but it's getting really good, the costume. It's a good costume now. And Anne-Marie made her own Starfleet uniform, like an original series Star Trek uniform that looked awesome. So, uh, is that everybody? Yeah. Okay, so here's a little clip from that.
Okay, so it's a little rough sounding, but I thought that was pretty damn good for never having played it. I think that might be the first time I ever played that song. So that was cool. Uh, the party was pretty neat. Um, we did a we did an Indiana Jones-themed meal table, and that was with the help of Muff, uh, Jarrett Pressman, my normal co-host in the show. Actually, Muff hasn't been on the show in a while. We'll have to fix that. Um, sorry, Muff. Muff uploads the shows, by the way, if you didn't know that. He's, we, I give him, I mix everything, and I give him the files, and he puts it up. So he's a, a very important cog in the wheel of BandGeek. Um, and while I'm at it, uh, I just want to tell everybody, I've been getting your the uh, donations to the show and your contributions. We really appreciate that, and it helps us keep things going. So if you would like to do that and, and donate to the show, all you got to do is go to richiecastellano.com slash tipjar. It's very simple, and then that takes you right to a PayPal uh, page where you can donate to the show. Uh, we appreciate that, and it helps us going, and there's been some great donations, and we've also had some people who um, ask to remain anonymous, and we respect that too, so thank you very much for everybody who's donated, um, small or large. It's all helpful, and we really like it. We really appreciate it when you do that. Um but you also don't have to directly uh, contribute to the show. You can do so by using our Amazon link, which is going to riotcast.com slash bandgeek. And at the top of the page, you'll see a banner. It's an Amazon banner. Just click that before you do your shopping. What I do is I click it, and then I bookmark the link it takes me to. So whenever I want to go to Amazon, I can just go right to it. So you can do that, or you can go to the, the um, Riotcast page. It's a fine website. So... Uh, once you're on the Amazon page, you do your shopping like normal, and a small percentage of your purchase goes to supporting our show, and it doesn't cost you anything extra, and it's very helpful to us. So thank you very much for doing it, and uh, if you haven't done it, please do it, and if you have been doing it, please continue to do so, and thank you. So there's the business portion of the show. Um, so the back to the party. So we had, like I said, we had this Indi- Indiana Jones-themed um meal and what we did was we made chilled monkey brains so i got this um rubber monkey mask from amazon i chopped i basically like lobotomized it i chopped its its skull open and i found this like candy jar at party city i have pictures of all this stuff on my instagram and on facebook so if you want to check that out um and i we put so, so i put the mask i put the jar inside this mask so there's a big hole in the head, and that's where the opening to the jar is. And inside the jar, we put uh, Jello. So that was the chilled monkey brains. I'm, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't seen the movie Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, this is where we're getting all this. Uh, we did snake surprise. So I bought a couple of rubber snakes, and I uh, put bowls of gummy worms all around them. Delicious gummy worms. I love gummy worms. The problem with Halloween is I eat all the candy, so I'm I'm – it's, it's, it's a bad scene. Um, we also had the eyeball soup, but instead of that, I made punch uh, with the you know beer pong eyeballs. 
very fun stuff. And am I missing something? I think that's it. But we also had some other things. Um, we had I I made like a dip and am, and a muff said to call it the remains of Emperor Nuhachi, which I thought was a really deep pull. I love that. And um, there was someone made Molaram spicy buffalo dip. It was it's really funny. And um, we had like Indie stash, which I have I have like a whole Indiana Jones costume cause, because of course I do. And in like Indie's like you know satchel, I had like candy in it, so it was a fun thing. And the party was a lot of fun. And um, aside from the jamming, it was just cool to hang out with everybody. And actually, a very very cool thing, and I got to give a shout out is. Our friend Vicky Vett came to the party, and I was shocked because she's in town for the Chiller um, convention, and that was last weekend, and then next week, and she's staying for another convention next weekend. So I was talking to her, and I said, oh, you know, I'm having a birthday party for Amory, and she's like, okay, we'll come. So that was awesome. So her and her posse came down, and that was, I, I couldn't, I could not believe that she came to my house. It was awesome, and it was, she, she's just really cool and we had a great time and it was a very cool party all right so here's another here's another tune from that i'll get i'll get this stuff out of the way before i go back to the jazz um we did another you never played it before unrehearsed you know messy song and i think on this one uh amory's singing this again we did a few songs and for those of you who saw this broadcast live the uh, the basement jam you're lucky because some of these aren't good enough to release. But another one that I'm going to show right now or play right now is Separate Ways by Journey uh, because Amory sang this, but she's also playing bass on this. So it's essentially the same band, Joey Martin on drums, um, me on guitar, Vinny Innocente on keyboards, but now it's uh, Amory's playing bass and singing. So here's a little bit of Separate Ways from Journey, which is probably a song we should actually learn and do properly on the show. So here we go. that was fun uh but i think this should give a little perspective on what a difference post-production makes um because if i had individual tracks and something like that and i mixed that it would sound a lot different it would sound much more polished but you know i think it's still cool to hear you know what the band just sounds like with no nothing even though it's a board mix is tough i think maybe in hindsight what i should have done is thrown like just two mics up in the room and mic'd it that way because uh, for any musician who's ever told you about what it's like getting a board mix, a board mix is basically like a stereo mix of just everything direct. It sounds kind of cold and in your face and unflattering, but 
Who cares? This was a party. We were having a good time. I think it sounded cool. Um, so that was that. I had some other stuff going on this week. I had um, I went to go see ARW. Uh, Amory was supposed to come with me as part of her birthday thing, but um, she couldn't go. She had a gig, and we sort of have a rule in this house. Like, if you get a gig, you take the gig, and you, you blow off all your plans, and that's just the way we do it. And, you know, when you're, when you're both career musicians, that's what you have to do. Um, so I ended up going with my buddy Ray Magnuski, who was also on the show. And um, ARW is John Anderson, Trevor, uh, sorry, John Anderson, Rick Wakeman, and Trevor Rabin. I said that backwards. John Anderson, Trevor Rabin, Rick Wakeman, ARW, right. And uh, that was a very, very special, cool show because that was a lineup I've never seen before. For those of you who listen to the show, you know I'm a huge Yes fan, and I've seen them probably eight or nine times, and I've never seen this configuration. And what was cool about having those particular guys on stage is they were able to do the 70s classic yes and the you know um west coast uh, 80s 90s yes convincingly they were able to do both errors and sound great and um i had a little uh, couple you know criticisms about a whack mix on that show um it, the mix sounded okay it's just i would have liked to have heard trevor's guitar better because you know he's one of my heroes and i was like standing 40 feet away from him and I couldn't hear him it was a little frustrating but overall it was a really magical night the band was great the, uh, the supporting musicians uh, lee pomeroy and lou molino were awesome very cool show if it's coming to your town I, I recommend you see it uh i'm hoping they release some sort of blu-ray or dvd eventually that i can you know listen to and hopefully hear things a little better uh because it was a very very cool night I went, I went to the uh, Count Basie Theater in Red Bank, which I love Red Bank because before I go to a concert there, I get to go stop by uh, you know Kevin Smith's uh, comic book store, uh, Secret Stash, which is cool. And I, I bought something. <laughs> I didn't buy anything big. I bought a comic book. I bought, uh, for those of you who care, I bought Skyborn uh, by Frank Cho. I'm a big fan of Frank Cho's work. So that's that. And... Um, Actually, when when we got back from the concert, because we were all amped, me and Ray jammed on some Yes, and we're discussing maybe doing like a Yes podcast, because I have all these Yes songs memorized from being a teenager, as you heard from the uh, last VHS memory show. So maybe we should like revisit some of those songs, since I already have this. Like, it, like knowing Yes songs as like a gigging musician is almost like arcane knowledge because it's stuff you'll never get to use, but it takes up like huge parts of your memory to remember like, you know, how to play close to the edge or heart of the sunrise. And, and you, you don't really forget that stuff. If you, it stays with you, but it really, really doesn't serve any practical purpose as a working musician. Cause you know, how often does someone call a yes tune, like an obscure yes tune, but that's, that's besides the point. It's all about, you know, learning what you like and self enrichment and all that jazz. Oh, speaking of jazz, <laughs> Andy would be so proud of me. I just did a, a segue. Let's do another tune, another jazz tune from that uh, show. Let's do a little bit of a ballad. This is um, this is something I thought came out really nice. This is Body and Soul, which is the only ballad I'm probably going to have on here. Um, and this has a little sax solo by Ray Scrow, really pretty one. And I think Amory just knocks this one out of the park. So check this out. You're making Well, you know I'm yours just for the taking I gladly surrender 
myself to you, body and soul. gonna do clips but i just let that one play i was <laughs> i was actually listening to that one sometimes when you do clip shows you just set up the clips and then you just you know you just go like you know set up you and you pause for a second to play the clip and then that's it but i actually listened to that because that sounded really nice i thought i thought that came out really good wow and again that was a uh, race grow on that beautiful sax work and that's actually a barry sax uh but he just really can get up there and was upper registers on the barry which is very cool sounding almost like it almost sounds, when you play it soft, it almost sounds like clarinet-ish, which is cool. So um, yeah, let's play some more tunes. Uh, what else do I got here? I got, oh, okay. Here we go. <laughs> I played a song, and I practiced it because I can only retain a certain amount of jazz tunes at a time because you really have to listen. If you want to be a good 
you know, convincing jazz position. I feel like you really have to listen to this stuff and play it all the time, which I do not. <laughs> so here is um, one of my favorite tunes because this is a tune from the Gypsy repertoire, even though we didn't do this in like a Gypsy style. Um, I like playing around and messing around with, with Gypsy jazz. Um, I don't think I'm good at it, but I think it's fun. But uh, I use a little bit of that stuff in here. Uh, I'm just playing on Casey's guitar. He was nice enough to let me use his, his guitar. Uh, so here is... Um, there will never be another you. There will be many other nights like this. And I'll be standing here with someone new. There will be other songs to sing, another fall, another spring, but there will never be another you. short and sweet and Mr. Rogers neighborhood ending courtesy of Andy Escalese. Uh yeah that was cool. So not too bad. I could I can sort of fake it sometimes. Um and like I said before on the podcast, uh any guitar player guitar players think other guitar players are jazz guitar players when they can play jazz a little better than you. So <laughs> that's that's the ruling on that. Um so I think I'm going to play one more tune and just to play us out. So that was the recap of what's been going on. And I'm going to be putting these jazz performances on YouTube in their entirety. Um, 
with the video, I mean, and because I, I did a three-camera shoot. It was a little dark in the club, but it was cool. It has sort of a vibe to it and, and you know, ambiance, which is what you want. So, um, yeah, so next time we'll probably, uh, I mean, on the next pod, actually, I, don't even, I have no idea what we're going to do for the next podcast. I haven't planned anything, but I do know that 100 is approaching. This is, I think, episode 94, so we have to do something special for 100. We have something planned, something special, probably a live show in New York City, um, probably in early January, because we figure that's when the, the 100th, 100th show will happen. We're starting to get our ducks in a row with that and get everything organized. So that's it. So anyway, um, please follow me on Facebook, Instagram, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is uh, youtube.com slash bandgeekpodcast, all one word. And you can also throw my YouTube channel, subscribe, youtube.com slash Richie Castellano, um, richiecastellano.com if you want to see tour dates when I'll be coming to a town near you with Blue Oyster Cult. And yeah, that's where you can find out what's going on. And I, I think I'm going to be doing more of this live uh, Facebooking and live YouTube stuff. I really like it. I like doing it. Uh, maybe another Q&A episode. I might do a Q&A just on the, the Helix, though, because I posted like three Helix videos, and I'm getting like floods of questions. I feel like half my day is spent responding to YouTube comments, so it might be easier for me to just to do like, you know, a live streaming, you know, Helix video where I keep that thing plugged in and just go. So that's it, and I'm going to play us out with one more song. Uh I think I have two more songs, but I'm going to play one more because I want to save one for the YouTube stuff. So here's a really another really nice tune they did. And another thing I want to point out is this wasn't a rehearsed thing. This was a jam. These are musicians that didn't rehearse together beforehand. They're just, you know, playing with each other for the first – or playing – well, not with – you know what I mean. They're they, This is not rehearsed. They're playing these songs together for the first time, many of them, and, and, and communicating with, like, you know, just, you know, eye gestures and – enhanced signals and stuff so here is almost like being in love and this has joe maniscalco on the guitar so again the band is gerald cavanaugh on drums steve Ascalise on bass andy Ascalise on keyboards um joe maniscalco on guitar and Anne marie on vocals and again i want to thank casey Hu- casey hewler for helping me put all this together he was really clutch uh, as being like the musical director for this this jazz gig and I want to thank the Ascalise family and Brandy for hosting us for this uh, this thing for Emery's birthday, which was a lot of fun. And I thought it would, came out really good and it was successful. And um, yeah, so this is uh, almost like being in love. Thanks for listening to Band Geek, and we'll see you next time. What a day this is.
keeps ringing for me And by the way that I feel When that bell starts to feel I could swear I 